1: What's going to happen
2: tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to
3: whoop their Alright. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Remember when election day didn't take a week time? You think we'll have a president before we have a uh, Tennessee-Arkansas game time? Who knows time? Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, recording this on a Thursday morning. Probably going to drop it to you, hopefully, if everything goes right on Thursday afternoon. Not just me on this podcast uh, from the undisclosed location. Somewhere in the 865 area code, somewhere perhaps even in Knox County itself, perhaps it is the one, the only, Patrick Brown, our beat writer for Go Vols 24-7 for the football team. Pat, what's up, man?
2: Perhaps, yes. Perhaps. That's a good way to put it.
3: Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, it's crazy, man. Uh, we don't do politics here, but just this entire week's just been nuts. This thing is...
2: You um, just did politics in the intro, so... Well, no, I'm just saying. Hey, I think we have to delete your post and possibly put you in timeout for yeah, 48 hours.
3: I don't think it's political to say that. I think it's fascinating that we're uh, on the third day here and we still don't know what's <laughs> what's going to happen. This is like the uh, this is like an instant replay review that takes like 10 minutes, and you're like, "What in the hell are they looking at?" <laughs> it's it's something else, man. Does it,
2: it take that long to run scantrons? Usually, back you know, in the Scantron days back in school, they would you know, you could get your test results in like thirty minutes.
3: Yeah. I mean it's like, you know, I did the early And I'm
2: married to a teacher, so I asked her how long does it take to run through a, you know, Scantrons. I don't I don't know how much well I mean they're using Scantrons back, you know, how much they're using those now, but
3: That's true. They, they could be using robots now, like robot robots in person. I don't know what they're doing these days. But it's like if you uh, I did early voting, so you just fill in like the entire circle and then they they run it through the thing and, and and then you're good like i it took like 2 seconds <laughs> i don't understand uh i digress but i i don't i don't understand this is that like at it's all. like
2: it's like in football when you know we've, we've got all this technology now you know in baseball we can measure like exit velo and launch angle and all that stuff and in football our method of measuring for first downs is two old dudes holding chains <laughs> and they have to bring it out and measure it you know Gene's territory had that you know, had that index card that one time to see if there was space between the chain and, and the NFL game. I, I forgot. That. I forgot about that. Like we have all this technology. We've got like, uh, that Hawkeye stuff for tennis and for, um, and for European football and, uh, in America, we still have the old chain game.
3: Yeah. We're, we're, we're out there counting. Did, did he fill in this bubble or that bubble? I can't really tell. Yeah. It's, These signatures don't, Uh, is this the same handwriting like it's just (laughs) it's hysterical uh but you know what people think uh is not hysterical the fact that tennessee football is two and three or was two and three heading into last week's open date we'll take a two and three record into this weekend's game at also two and three but two and three in a good way arkansas uh, one of the biggest surprise teams of the sec we're going to talk a little bit more about that a uh, game in particular in the second segment. Uh, but in the first segment, I think we got to go right to the place where, Pat, where unfortunately everybody is, always wants to discuss this. This is always sort of the, the big deal. Uh, let's talk quarterbacks. Jeremy Pruitt uh, did not beat around the bush uh, earlier in the week. Maybe he left a little bit of room for interpretation. But just to be sure, on Wednesday he was asked point-blank uh, by our man Gustavo Uh, from WUTK, The Rock, The Rock. He was asked, basically pinpoint, will Jarek Garantano be the quarterback, the starting quarterback on Saturday? And Pruitt said yes. Pat, is anything about this surprising to you uh, at this point or would anything else have been a surprise?
2: No, not at this point. I I think, uh, and I don't want to say Garantano saved face with how he played against Alabama, but I think he probably restored uh, some confidence maybe for himself and from the coaching staff. Um, you know, because I, I wonder how le- how long his leash was after that Kentucky game. It couldn't have been very long, um, if we're being totally honest, and it still may not be very long. But, um, you know, he, he played okay in that game. It wasn't great. But um, from what we've seen from him sometimes in terms of his tendency to sometimes have meltdowns, uh, I think it was an acceptable performance. Um, but, you know, I, I, a lot of Tennessee fans, there's a lot of angst about the quarterback situation, but I just – I don't – I don't know how you can look at this team and not see a whole bunch of other issues. I mean, it's, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like they're just one quarterback away from, from being this amazing team. Um, you know, they've, they've had struggles defensively uh, the wide receiver play hasn't been great. Pass projections had a lot of breakdowns, whether it be offensive tackle running back uh, they're just very inconsistent uh, on, on both sides of the ball. They'll have three good plays and then a fourth one that's just terrible. Um, and so, uh, would having a, a, a better quarterback situation, if you, if you gave him Trevor Lawrence, would that obviously change things? Sure, definitely. Um, you know, but those those guys are uh, those guys are few and far between. I think the bottom line is that, uh, and, and Tennessee fans don't want to hear this, but Jerry Garantano is still Tennessee's best option, in, best option at quarterback. I mean, that that's that's the truth. You know, a lot of fans don't want to hear it; they don't want to accept it. I understand that they're frustrated. They're 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 tired of seeing Garantano run out there. Uh, and make some of the mistakes that he that he continues to make, but uh, you know Tennessee's trying to win games, and, and he's. Uh, I, I don't want to use the phrase "he's their best option" because that's going to make people mad. But uh, he is ahead of the other guys right now. That's just the bottom line. I, I don't think you know. Uh, Pruitt talked about the backup quarterback situation on after Wednesday's practice, right? Didn't even yeah. mention JT Shroud, so I'm yeah. not even sure that that JT is a factor. He may, you know, I'll be interested to see if he makes a trip. They brought off four quarterbacks to the other two road games, so yeah, it's um, it's
3: like it's like they if they show his picture right now, and there needs to be like a Sarah McLaughlin song being played in the background, <laughs> yeah, like in the poor, arms of the pouring for JT yeah, in the
2: arms of the angel. Uh, and, and you know, Ma- Brian Mauer is what he is. He's going to do some good things for you. He's also probably going to get himself hurt after a certain amount of time. Yeah, he's probably going to throw the ball into traffic. He's probably going to make some bad reads uh, on the zone read element of the, of the offense that that's something he can do um but you know against kentucky last season he made a lot of bad reads where he sh- didn't hand it off when he should have he didn't, didn't go to some of the right areas with the football when he when he did throw it um and and, and from what i've heard he's still making some uh, a lot of the same mistakes and some of that might be rust from missing practice time and i just don't think harrison bailey's ready yet i just think that's in a normal circumstance, Harrison Bailey might be more ready and he might be ready enough to, to be Tennessee's starting quarterback. But uh, this has not been a normal season, so he he's just not ready yet. And the thing with freshmen, and, and and you'll hear this saying sometimes, is that you'd rather play him a week too late than a week too early. So uh, I, I would be interested to see if Garantana struggles how short his leash is and who they go to next. I would think it would be Maurer, uh, which would be the equivalent of hopping on a roller coaster for Tennessee's offense. But yeah. – um, you know, they went to him last year and he, he gave him a spark. And so, uh, if they went to him this year, what would happen? I don't know. But, uh, like I said, there, there's a lot of other question marks. They need better plate receiver. As I mentioned, they need running backs that, uh, can, can turn plays that are blocked for five yards into 15 yard runs. Uh, they need more consistency from the offensive line. That means fewer penalties, fewer instances where, uh, they just miss an assignment, fewer instances where they just get beat um and defensively i think there's a even potentially a longer list of issues but um that, like i said I, I don't know that tennessee is a, a quarterback away from being like a eight and two team uh, i don't i don't i don't know that i see that just yet but um they're going to roll Tanner out there again and and uh, we'll just have to see what happens you just you just never know with him and um some you know some fans think that they do know you know and and it's hard to argue it because Garrett has had some some bad moments throughout the past season and a half.
3: Yeah, I think, and I don't I don't want to speak for for a fan base because uh, especially a fan base as large and passionate as Tennessee's because you have opinions all over the spectrum, right? I mean that's that's what happens when you have a fan base that cares deeply and is a very large fan base. That's just kind of a given. But what I will say is that I, I think a lot of people put into their minds after that. You know, Garantano had a couple of rough back-to-back weeks. I think some people thought, you know what, they play Bama. I get why you just throw them out there for that game. Um, but then, you know, you get a week off, and, and then you get to prepare for a second half of the season where you've still got tough games, um, but, but you know, maybe more tough games, just none of them quite as tough as, as Alabama and Georgia were. Maybe that big open date is the time you go ahead and make the change maybe that's the time that you get bailey or, or mauer an extra week to get ready uh you go into a game where it's it's certainly a winnable game maybe that's when you do it and i think some people in their mind just thought that would happen then or or they just they wanted it to happen so bad that they then went from they kind of convinced themselves it would happen
2: and, and and i thought that was a possibility too so i mean that that wasn't that wasn't, like, too far-fetched or a stretch or anything.
3: Sure, sure. I I just I think that if you, you know, even after the Alabama game, I think if you'd put a gun to all of our heads and said who's going to be Tennessee's starting quarterback at Arkansas, I think all of us would have said Garantano. I know I would have, but I, I would have thought about the alternatives. But I think it's just become pretty clear that Jeremy Pruitt does not think driver two is the problem, the, the biggest problem.
2: Yeah, um, and and again, if he struggled more against Alabama, we might be having a different conversation right now. And Tennessee might have been having different conversations uh, throughout its open date. Um, but he, I, I think he played adequately enough to keep hold of this job for a little while longer. Um, and, and you know, it, it might it might turn around and blow up in Tennessee's face. That that absolutely could happen, and it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he went out and threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns i mean that's just kind of how he is you just never you you never know what to expect with the guy um you know they came out he came out of an open date last season against missouri and threw for what 415 you know so you know they came out of an open date two years ago and and he you know had a pretty good game against auburn so uh you just never know what to expect and that's really for the whole team it's not just the quarterback situation i mean uh for really, really for all you know for tennessee's entire team it's like okay will, will they come out and play maybe how they're capable of playing how we've seen them play in spurts in the past or will they come out and uh and do the stupid things that uh and don't execute and, and hurt themselves and sort of self-destruct and you know cost them a you know a chance to compete and win games you, you just never know and that's uh, that's got to be frustrating for this coaching staff uh and it surely is frustrating uh for this fan base and and i i get some of the angst and um and and we've discussed it too i mean the quarterback position is something that has to be um addressed in the long term whether whether you go out and get a grad transfer whether you uh you believe harrison bailey uh or one of the other guys is you know is your guy next year or even caden salter you yeah, know he, he's he
3: does, get, yeah get in early. he's supposed
2: to he's supposed to get in, uh, on campus in january so uh you know that that obviously is a situation that has to be um, addressed over the long term. In the short term, uh, you know, I, I think it's become clear, and we keep saying it, and people don't want to hear it. Like I said, and I understand it because you know, what is the definition of insanity? Is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I get that, um, but it just seems to be that they they think Garantano is is their best option at quarterback, and um, even with all of his flaws and his history and and his past tendencies to uh, do self destructive things that's just kind of where they are. Um, and, and it's absolutely and hundred percent fair uh, to question why that's the case at this point. Uh, but it is what it is. And they have to uh, make the most of this situation and try to win games.
3: Pat, before we go to break here to, to wrap up the first segment, uh, my final question uh or at least final question for now regarding the quarterback situation is one that I think a lot of people will, will misconstrue as a negative question. I I don't, I don't like to be in that headspace. So I, I don't, I don't like to think about it in
2: those terms. I've always thought of you as someone who's really sunshiny.
3: Yeah. You know, that's me. I'm just so naively optimistic about everything all the time. At least I'm, usually more optimistic than ramey you know I mean, at least there's one thing i That's gotta true for me you know but 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 the one thing here's my question because of the fact that we know when things turn here in knoxville uh, against a coaching staff or a quarterback or whoever they turn sharply they turn viciously and and they get pretty brutal pretty quick and, and so with that in mind uh, and again, I don't think anything's going to happen in the year 2020 with this anyway because I, I think just economically it would be a, a quagmire. But but here is here's my question. Would it be worse for Jeremy Pruitt to go out there with Garantano and have it self-destruct and people go, okay, see, this is why we said you – why are you sticking with this guy? Would that be worse? Or would it be worse to say, you know what, screw it, Mauer or Bailey, you go in there and then they blow up, and then it, you're down by three scores in the first half. You try to come back, but you lose the game by a couple scores. You lose at Arkansas. Which one of those things is worse? Neither one's good, but is either one of them worse than the other?
2: Uh, I would honestly say probably the uh, the second scenario. Because if you're, if you're thinking, if you're giving any notion to the thought, if you're a fan or if you're Jeremy Pruitt or anyone on the coaching staff, if you're giving any semblance of the thought that, uh mauer or bailey might you know might potentially be your your long-term answer at quarterback um and, and let's be honest it's probably more likely bailey is than mauer at this point just based on potential yeah. but again it's just potential mm-hmm. um, if they go out there and don't play well against arkansas um then that's going to have you that, that's going to start creating questions about you know <laughs> even more even more questions about the long-term future of this position because right now the thought is, and, and Tennessee fans like to think of this doomsday scenario where Garantana comes back for next season. I don't, I don't envision that happening. I don't, I don't know. I haven't talked to, to Garantana to know where his head is at. Uh, I would be really surprised if he decided to come back next season. Um, obviously that, that potential is out there on the table, but um, <clears throat> uh, it, it, and, you know, I've seen this suggested a few times on our message board. Oh, why don't, you know, if we're going to go three and seven, four and six, why not just play Bailey and get him ready for next year? I don't, that's not uh, how Pruitt there, thinks. The, no, I mean that that that's not that's yeah that's that's not how Pruitt or really any head coach thinks. It's not like there's t- it's not like there's tanking in college football, right? It's not like they if they get if they win three games instead of four, they're going to get like two extra spots in the recruiting class, or and even playing Bailey at the end of the season, to get him some experience doesn't necessarily guarantee that he is going to you know win you an extra game in twenty twenty one. You know, I mean, there's just that's just you can't you can't really coach for the future. Um, but if, if the gap is close enough to where you think, Bailey, uh, the difference in your chances of winning with Garantano versus another quarterback are negligible, then maybe you do lean toward towards going with the younger guy later in the season. But um, I i would honestly be interested to see what happens if Garantano plays well and Tennessee wins on Saturday. And I feel like there would be like begrudging happiness for a lot of fans.
3: But yeah, they'd be like, it, the, I'm
2: glad we won, but then this just means he's going to turn around and throw two interceptions against Xana. I mean
3: yeah I mean th- those th- those people and, and will and say I, that, that 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 section of the fan base will and, and say And I'd want
2: to say that that's not fair but I mean it, it's kind of the bed that that Guarantano and Tennessee have made for themselves at this point isn't it
3: Yeah well what, what was what's the old uh the the Bobby Knight slash Bill Belichick uh mantra you know you are what your record says you are you know I, I mean that's that's what you are I, I mean that that's whether you're talking about a team's win loss record whether you're talking about a quarterback uh, and his ability to play against the biggest teams on the schedule, you are what your record says you are. So, I mean, I, I get I get why Pruitt is doing what he's doing. I really do. And, and to be honest, I don't know that I would do anything differently uh, in that position right now. I, I don't. I don't know with what I've seen out there. I mean, Maurer might give you a spark, but he can't even finish a half, let alone a game, without getting hurt. Uh, really, because of the way he plays, he's just reckless, and and he also is loose with the ball. And with Bailey, you just don't know yet. He hasn't had enough time to, I, I think, really be ready. You know, and people say, "Well, how do you know that?" Well, it's just what people in the Tennessee program think. So that's what I'm projecting or relaying to you. So I, 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 I don't know. That I would do anything different, but at the same time, I know how much of a risk this is for him because you know, I mean, people people use this phrase all the time, and it's it's really a harsh phrase, and I I hate to to I really do hate to bring it up, but they talk about coach killers, right? At, at quarterback, you know, a guy who is just really has you think he has all this promise but then he can't put it together and it becomes so bad that he gets his OC or position coach or head coach in trouble and those are called coach killers and it's just you wonder you know will this be kind of his Titanic in a way or something you know it's just it it, that thought lingers in my head I, I don't I'm not there yet because I don't think Tennessee's anywhere near there and I don't think Tennessee frankly should be Anywhere near, anywhere near that kind of a decision right now. Uh, That should not even be on Tennessee's radar right now. But uh, the thought's in the the back of my mind, and I'm not going to keep it to myself. You know? I mean, that's just... You've
2: never been one to keep thoughts to yourself in general.
1: You
3: just you just wonder because that, that's the, you know, the, that this quarterback frustrates this fan base so much that it just makes you wonder how quickly this thing can turn uh, if it doesn't go the right way. Uh, but will this game turn that way? Will this game not turn that way? Uh, there's reasons to think that this is a bad matchup for Tennessee and there's reasons to think, you know what? I don't think this is quite as bad a matchup as people think it is. I don't think Arkansas belongs on some pedestal uh, for being two and three right now, uh, and maybe should be three and two, but still, uh, maybe not worth being put on a pedestal. Maybe people are a little bit too afraid of this game. So what we're going to do is we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, uh, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, other fun things, and we will be right back uh, to discuss more specifically Saturday's game at Arkansas in the second
4: segment. Hashtag. Uh...
3: Welcome back to the Govals Twenty Four Seven Podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in house ads you just heard during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday morning. Uh, gonna release this hopefully to you on a Thursday afternoon from an undisclosed location uh, somewhere in the eight six five area code. Pat Brown, Patrick Brown, 24 Twenty Four Sevens football beat writer joining us on this episode to talk Tennessee-Arkansas, the Vols traveling to Fayetteville, Fayette-Nam to play 7.30 p.m. Eastern at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium on Saturday night. That will be broadcast by SEC Network uh, and certainly is a big, big game uh, really for for the SEC this season. I know that it's not the marquee game uh, or anything like that or anything close to that, obviously, uh, in the SEC on Saturday. Got the cocktail party. Got some other things going on. Uh, But this is a game that, you know, if Arkansas wins it, you know, the the Sam Pittman Coach of the Year stuff really gets going again. And and if Tennessee loses it, you know, this whole, uh, well, Tennessee's still a joke, that whole line comes back into play and then people say, oh, is Pruitt really the right guy? There's a lot riding on this game, Pat. And and I think it's interesting because – Here's where I am on this. It is definitely, without question, a tougher game than we thought it would be going into the season. There's no question about that. It's a tougher game than we thought it would be three weeks ago. Uh, You know, I think that's fair to say. But when you watch Arkansas, you know, this isn't just like some really, really scary team. It's just a solid football team that probably won't beat itself, which for Tennessee is its own kind of problem right now. But it's not like this is anything like a Georgia or Alabama or anybody like that.
2: Yeah, that that that's a good way to describe this Arkansas team. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, there was some talk last week that they resembled the '85 Bears. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that that's the case. Um, yeah, th- their game against Texas A&M wasn't that close. I know the final score was what forty-two thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Mean, it was forty-two seventeen going into the fourth quarter. So yeah. I mean, the Texas A&M really. They played pretty well in that game, the Aggies did, but it didn't seem like they were breaking too much of a sweat. I mean, you look at Arkansas' numbers, and they're ninth. Uh, let's see, no, they're tenth in the league in, in total offense. They're ninth in scoring offense. They're, uh, they're ninth, tenth in the league in total defense. They're right around Tennessee in a lot of the big categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a couple areas where they've really, uh, as you mentioned, don't beat themselves – Turnovers has been the big thing. They they lead the SEC in turnover margin. Um, Was it with thirteen? I need to pull up the numbers. I should have had them pulled up already. Talk about being prepared. Um, but they're plus six in turnover margin for the season, um, and that obviously is a is a big deal. And I think they're first. I, I, I think
3: they're first nationally in interceptions per game too. Uh,
2: they yeah they have ten interceptions um, now. Nine of those came against Old Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, Matt Corral threw six. Including two pick sixes, so I'm, he's in that club with Jake Green I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Um, and KJ Costello, I think, had three. So I mean, e- even their even their interceptions, you know, they have what ten, 10 of them on the season, and in two games they didn't have any. So uh, and in those two games, Bo Nix was efficient, but wasn't overwhelming against them. And Kellen Mond just lit him up. But I think Kellen Mond's pretty good. Uh, the other the other category is, is the other three categories. That about to me are uh, penalties Arkansas is third in the SEC and fewest penalties so they're not you know they're not shooting themselves in the foot there Um, and Barry Odom has done a really good job with this defense which was a disaster last season Uh, they're second in the SEC in red zone defense um, and fourth in third downs and uh, plays of 20 plus yards so if you are able to get off the field on third down uh, if you are able to make the other team kind of drive the ball on down the field on you instead of hitting big chunk plays. Um, and if you are able to maybe get the occasional stop or hold in the red zone, those are three big formulas to win. We hear Jeremy Pruitt bring those up a lot, those those, those categories up a lot. And those are areas where Arkansas is uh, is doing really well. Um, and, and they they are doing a lot of the things that you would say, you know what, that's what a well-coached team does. And so I think that's where uh, Odom, Kendall Bryles, the offensive coordinator, and Sam Pittman overall – uh, are doing a good job. Like I said, they're not like, uh, they're not putting up huge numbers. It's not like they're old miss and, you know, putting up 40 points a game and giving up 40 points a game. They're not, they're not scoring a whole lot and they're not giving up a whole lot either. So, um, you know, but they're not beating themselves. You know, they, they don't have as many self, de- they haven't shown as many self destructive tendencies as, as we've seen from, from Tennessee. And, um, and I thought this going into the season, Arkansas isn't like completely devoid of talent. I think they're 25th in, in our 27 sports team talent composite. Yeah. And you look at some of the players they have uh, on both sides of the ball. They're not overwhelming on the lines of scrimmage, but they got two pretty good linebackers in Grant Morgan and the excellently named Bumper Pool. Yeah, great He was name. a former top 247 guy. Uh, Traylon Burks is is doing a pretty good Juwan Jennings impression this season. He's 230 something.
3: Yeah, he's a large man. Uh,
2: large reckon man. reckon teams out of the slot. I'm really interested to see is Tennessee actually going to go with Key Lawrence. There's been some talk of that this week. Pruitt mentioned it on Monday. Uh There's some talk, maybe behind the scenes, that that maybe they may be going that direction. Um, You know, hey, here you go, kid. Go against this Hoss in your first game. Yeah. I mean, good luck with that. Uh, uh, looking at some, some pro football focus numbers on Burks. He's, uh, you know, he's breaking tackles after the catch. He's got like eight yards after the catch per reception, which is pretty good. And, you know, similar, similar numbers that harken you back to, to what Jennings was doing out of the slot for Tennessee last season. But, you know, Rick, Rakeem Boyd I think was an all preseason, all SCC running back who's been kind of hurt and is kind of getting healthy again. Um, they've got some good players on, on, the, on both sides of the ball. So, Uh, I don't know, whatever Chad Morris was doing last season, it was not very good because um, Pittman and Bryles and Odom have come in and and taken basically the same team for all intents and purposes and and are getting a much more competitive group out of them. And I think we have to mention that Felipe Franks is a big part of this too because uh, Arkansas's quarterback situation was a mess last season. They're bottom of the league and in in collective passer rating. Uh, Franks has done a really good job there. Uh, solidifying that position, and, and that's you know they're getting good play out of out, out, out of him. Uh, he's not thrown, you know, he's not turning the ball over. He's only got three interceptions on the season. He has taken some sacks. He does have a tendency to hold the ball uh, too long in some cases. So I'm sure Tennessee will try to do some things that confuse him and get him to come off his first and second read, make him hold the ball so they can get home uh, with their pass rush. But then again, Tennessee's pass rush hasn't exactly been lighting it up the season. So um, you know, Frank, Frank's is playing good football for him. And that's helping. And uh, if, if Tennessee's defense, I think you have to be ready for uh, a few different things. First of all, Arkansas is going to go fast. They're yes. going to, they're going to go tempo. They're going to push the envelope there.
3: They want to, they're, uh, they're, they're going to go Ricky Bobby fast.
2: They're, they're going to go. Uh, they're going to do a lot of pre-snap shifting. You know, they'll move the tight end and running back to the other side. Uh, they do a lot of jet sweep stuff motion before the snap. So, you know, Frank's in the shotgun, he'll get the ball. You'll, it looks like you'll have like three guys in the backfield because the tight end will be a backup off the line then you'll have a guy running the jet sweep and then you'll have the running back. And it's kind of, you know, Tennessee's going to have to be really disciplined, especially at linebacker and safety with their eyes, make sure that they don't get caught up in some of those counters and some of those misdirections. Um, and they got to be aligned properly. And they got to do it all, as I mentioned with, with the tempo. So uh, Arkansas will try to do a lot of stuff to the, you know, they'll try to run, run wide. Um, so uh, it, it, it's going to be a challenge for Tennessee. I, I think Arkansas, you know, I don't think they're world beaters, but uh you know, they also aren't beating themselves. And that that goes a long way in this this particular season in the SEC where uh, unless you are Alabama, Georgia, or Vanderbilt, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter who has the quote-unquote better team as much as it matters who plays the best on that particular Saturday.
3: Yeah, I look at it – there's a couple things about this game that interest me. One is that this is a game (laughs) where, you know, I would not be surprised – if this were like a 20-17 to 17 game, and I also would not be surprised if this were like a 38-35 to 35 game. I, 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 You don't see that a lot, where you say, you know what? Because sometimes you expect a game to go a certain way, it doesn't go that way, but usually when you look at a game, statistically, you can get a pretty decent idea, at least from the midway point of the season on, you can get a decent idea. Uh, you'll be wrong sometimes, but you get a decent idea of how it's going to go. Um, and, and in terms of the, the point totals, the over-unders, things like that. This game right here... I, I just I look at this and I see that you know that Mississippi State game was twenty one to fourteen, you know Ole Miss, which is a ridiculously high scoring team at times. Uh, Arkansas held them to twenty one points, although there were six picks in that game. And then you see you know thirty to twenty eight at Auburn, forty two thirty one A and M, you know thirty seven to ten against Georgia. That's a close game at half, and then Georgia just just runs away with it. But y- you see. You don't see a lot of games where you go. I have no clue. I think it'll be a close game, really, but I don't know if it'll be high scoring or low scoring, which interests me. The other thing is this, and you can't get caught up in the transitive property because that stuff—it just, you know, it—it's—it's it's ridiculous. It's a weird, especially in college football. You just, you just don't know. But I do think what would happen if Tennessee had played Arkansas's schedule to this point. And I think Tennessee would be either a 3-2 and two or 2-3 two and three football team playing that schedule, right? I think they'd have lost at home at Georgia, probably would have lost at A&M, not definitely, but probably. And then I think they would have uh, won at Mississippi State. I think they would have beaten Ole Miss. And, and I think that at Auburn, which we'll see in a couple weeks, I, I think that would be a close game either way. What would happen, conversely, if you put Arkansas into Tennessee's schedule? And I think Arkansas – might be a one in four football team if it had played that schedule. Am I crazy for thinking that, Pat? Because I think that when you look at Tennessee's schedule and you say, "Okay, give Arkansas that schedule," you know, I know Missouri's gotten better in the past couple weeks, but I, I still, Arkansas might be a one and four team with that schedule.
2: I I don't think that's crazy because, like I said, I think there are eleven teams in this fourteen team conference that you know, one, one may be the better team overall, but if that, you know, that better team has to play well on Saturday or it's going to lose. I mean, that, that's just sort of the unpredictable nature. You know, we see you know, LSU look pretty good against South Carolina. Then they go and get their doors blown off by Auburn. Auburn had, you know, Auburn was lucky to beat Arkansas and they, you know, they, they've lived on the you know, seat of their pants for most of the season. Yeah. um, You know, you know, who did Auburn barely beat? You know, they had they needed like a fluke touchdown, not a fluke touchdown, there's no such thing as flukes when it comes to Auburn. They're oh, just the, like the
3: Kentucky game or whatever they had. There was some there was, big, yeah, weirdness the, in the
2: game. They had the officiating fiascos in the Kentucky game, and then the Arkansas game, and then you know any any like big touchdown play in the last two minutes is not it's not luck. It's just Auburn. That's just what they do. They they are perpetually like fortunate.
3: Beat Ole um, Miss that way too.
2: Yeah, and that and, and you know our, how how close is Auburn to being what one in something so. Uh, then they looked amazing against LSU, but maybe LSU was kind of crappy, uh, yeah. <laughs> especially with Miles Brennan not playing. But, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think the thing with me is is I don't, you know, which, which team is is Tennessee like really? Are are they the team that played pretty solid football against Missouri, South Carolina, or are they they the team that didn't really play great and got pummeled pretty good by uh, Alabama and Georgia? And let's be honest, Alabama and Georgia are going to make a lot of teams look ordinary and a lot of teams look bad. And so you wonder uh, some of the long list of stuff that Tennessee's not done well during this losing streak. Um, is it more a product of playing Alabama and Georgia, or is it because those are like inherent flaws that Tennessee just you know things that Tennessee doesn't do well? Uh, and you notice I haven't mentioned the Kentucky game. I, I'm not sure if that was like the one off that that maybe Georgia State was. Uh, it was sort of an aberration just because you know. Everything in that game kind of went to crap when the the quarterback situation melted down collectively. Yeah, I don't care who you know, you're I mean, playing,
3: you you do two, you throw three picks in two in three minutes, I, and two I, of them are it, pick sixes. You're hurting.
2: I mean that that you know both those teams are you know I think it was within seven yards of offense in the game. You know Kentucky didn't do anything on offense in the first half. Tennessee was moving the ball when they weren't throwing it or fumbling it away. Um, you know they they were doing a lot of good things in that game, and then you know the one you know most important position on the field. You know, just completely imploded, and that you know, it, it, is that you know, I, I, it's tough to get a read on that game because it just went to crap so bad in the second quarter with the interception of the turnover. So, um, you know, did, did Kentucky win that game or did Tennessee just give it away? You know, so it, it's kind of get a hard hard to get a read on that game, and I don't know. I, I have, I, I don't have much confidence in Tennessee because I don't I don't know which one is going to show up. I don't know if the one that that plays decently clean football doesn't turn it over uh you know is able to get off the field more on third down defensively is able to keep things in front of them defensively uh is that the team that's going to show up or is the team that miss a lot of tackles penalties um you know can't you know inconsistent on offense in terms of with execution and, and you know makes mistakes and all this is that team going to show up i have no idea i don't, I don't know and that's that's something you should be saying maybe about your your team in, in year one. and year three, it's kind of odd that you're saying that at this point, right? Yes, it is. Um, and so that that's again, you have this three game stretch. Are they more like that team, or are they the team that played pretty well to start of the season? We you know we don't know. And, and obviously, Tennessee, I think, had a long list of things that they needed to fix. I think we talked about it a lot last week. Um, how many of those things can you fix in one week with four extra practices? I don't know, but uh. Tennessee better fix them because, like I said, this Arkansas team doesn't really—they don't really implode. You know, they don't—they don't really beat themselves. That's why they've been able to be competitive in games and um, and, and look competent is because, you know, they're they're, they're winning the turnover margin and even beyond just having what thirteen takeaways, they haven't really turned the ball over a whole lot either. So uh, that's helping them. They're not not a lot of penalties, doing some some good things in, in the red zone and, and on third down defensively, and that's why they're. Two and three, and probably should be three and two.
3: Yeah, my my last point, at least on on this game, is that you know a, a lot of this will be determined by what Tennessee does, right? If Tennessee goes out there and plays a relatively clean game, I think Tennessee has more talent than Arkansas does. Now, I don't think that Arkansas is completely you know devoid of talent. I, I don't believe that at all, Pat. I think you touched on that in the in the first segment or earlier in this segment, and and I believe that as well. I, I don't I don't think this is a talentless Arkansas team. I don't believe that at all. But I do think Tennessee has a better roster, particularly up front, than Arkansas does. And I think if Tennessee goes out there and executes the way that it should, you know, I think Tennessee's
2: got a pretty good
3: chance to win this game. I, I,
2: I would agree with that. But do we? What, what's our confidence level in Tennessee? Do that? that, that that's, that's the question. Yeah, that,
3: that's that. That's 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 what we don't know. And, and that leads me to my final point, which is this. I think I touched on this in in the roundtable that we had this week on Go Balls 24-7. How about that hashtag plug? But here's what I think. I think Tennessee is doing – a lot of things like Tennessee cannot reinvent itself completely as a team in the second half of the season. You are more or less with the fundamentals what you are. You know, it's not like Tennessee has some star running back or quarterback who has been hurt and now he's back and it's going to change everything. Right. Or it's not like Henry Toto has been out for five weeks and now he's back and it changes your defense. They've kind of, for the most part, kind of got who they've got right you know they can use some guys better they can do some other things but fundamentally you are what you are but tennessee doesn't have to completely reinvent the wheel to just start playing better football tennessee just needs to stop doing stupid things that's all tennessee has to do to completely change the course of this season that is correctable that is not turning the ball over so much that is not That is, when you do turn the ball over, getting the guy on the ground before he scores, you know, that's getting back to, you know, doing what you normally do, which is winning hidden yardage battles on special teams. That's tackling guys who are in front of you. That is, if a play, if you're a defensive back and the ball is thrown to you, catch the ball. Those are not unrealistic things to expect. That's not like you have to reinvent a wheel. That's just doing your job. And if Tennessee will just start doing its job – this thing, this this season, this thing, these problems, a lot of this will get better if they just do that. Because I think it's not like we're sitting there being unrealistic about what this team can or can't do, Pat. We know it has limitations, even if everything goes great. But we also know if things go well, this is a team that can play with just about anybody, just about anybody. So will they do that or not? I don't know. But I don't think this is some crazy thing where they have to change everything. They just have to do little things right.
2: Yeah, I, I, I can't figure out if this Tennessee team, are, are they a good team that's bad or are they a bad team that's, like, good? You know, there's a difference there. Yeah, there is. I, I would maybe lean towards them being a good team that's bad because we've seen them play and, and, you know, and not make the dumb, stupid stuff, you know, do the stupid stuff that we've seen them do. But at the same time, if you do that stupid stuff a lot, maybe that's who you are. That's your DNA. Um, and so you know like you said I, I agree with you if tennessee plays up to its capabilities and doesn't implode on itself and shoot itself in the foot and do those stupid things then they should win this game if they do that throughout the rest of the season they should beat arkansas they should beat vanderbilt and they will at minimum give themselves a chance in the other 3 games um if they don't then they will lose to arkansas who's who's not doing a lot of the stupid stuff that tennessee's done um and they will lose those other three games to you know to A and M, Auburn, and Florida because those teams are legitimately talented and, and pretty good. So uh, although Auburn's a little flaky, you never know what to expect with them. It's the way they go. It's, it's just the way they are. But um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. And, and I, I have no Tennessee could come out and play their best game Saturday night and win by three touchdowns, and they could go out and play do more of the same and lose by fourteen. And I don't know that I would be surprised by either one. Would you? No,
3: I wouldn't. Uh, This is the rare game where I'm going into it saying, I just don't know what to expect. I mean, South Carolina was like that because it was the first game coming off a pandemic, and there was a lot of weird things in preseason camp, and it was just a weird year. So I went into that game saying, I I, I think Tennessee will win, but I don't know how it's going to go. But this game in particular is one where I'm going, man, with everything going on, I do not know how they're going to play.
2: And and even – Regardless of the performance uh, in this situation, I think the result might be even might be even more important because even if you don't play great and you still find a way to win, which is what Tennessee did a lot down the stretch of last season, mm-hmm. um, you can feel good about yourself and you can uh, you're you're at least not going they, backwards. You're at least yeah, going, that, you're at least that,
3: you're at least staying on at, at the same level.
2: You know they could play a C plus game and if they win twenty one to twenty, then. I think Tennessee would take that right now. I mean, you, you want to win. You play to win, Herm Edwards. Um, by the way, Arizona State starting its season this weekend. Um, shout out. Uh, Pac-12 is back. Where you guys been? Pac- Pac-12
3: after dark. Although the first Pac-12 uh, 12 after dark week, we won't get to experience it because we'll be covering a game that starts at 7.30 Eastern.
2: Uh, <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, shout out to Matt coming back on Wednesday night. Yep. That was some good stuff.
3: Nice distraction, yeah. Um,
2: so, yeah, I just, you know, I, I think – the performance is important, but also at the end of the day, you, you got to win. I think Tennessee badly, badly needs a win just to feel good about itself uh, and, re- and you know, get things going back on the right track. And I think that's, you know, some people kind of raised their eyebrows when we had our – you mentioned the round table. We, you know, one of the big discussion points we had, in that was how big of a must-win game is this. And and some people are like, what, what does really a must-win game mean? If you're Tennessee, it's going to not look great from a perception and optics standpoint if you are uh, – with your third year coach supposed to be continuing to build and making progress, yeah. And off an open date in the middle of the season, you lose to a team that a few weeks ago had had lost twenty straight SEC games. It's under a first year coach that uh, I don't know how you know some of these first year coaches have had some good results so far, and I you know mm-hmm. I got to give those guys credit because this is a really tough year because that that first year of trying to build your program, it's you know, new it's
3: new so offense, tough. new offense, new defense. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's crazy.
2: And, and you know for some of those teams to get no spring or very little spring uh in sort of a truncated preseason you know some of those teams mississippi state notwithstanding i think they've been pretty terrible yeah uh but Ole miss is you know you know lane kiffin's doing his thing on offense they've been in i think they've been in just about every game
3: they're a must watch um, they're not great but they're a must watch
2: yeah they're what one and four but every you know they're fun they've man in, they're fun they have been in every game and you know Drinkwitz is getting some results at, at Missouri, and our, you know Pittman's doing some good things at Arkansas. So that's just how this league is, though. It's a competitive league, like, like I said, for everybody that's not uh, Alabama and Georgia and, and Vanderbilt. You know you got you got to play well if you're going to win on Saturdays, because that's you know a lot of these teams are pretty comparable, and maybe Florida and Texas a And M are a little bit above the others. We'll, we'll see.
3: Yeah, they might be they might be like on the B level by themselves, but but they're not so unattainable that they can't be beaten. You know, yeah, because Florida, because Florida, neither one of them is playing great defensively. So,
2: yeah, so it's a tough league and and it's an unpredictable league. And, you know, if you're going to win, you got to play well. And will Tennessee play well? We'll we'll have to wait and see.
3: I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks for joining us, Pat. Yup. And guys, you know what? Thank you for listening. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24 7. On Twitter, Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey's Grant Ramey on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan twenty 247 on Twitter. You can also find all of us on Twitter at twitter.com slash twenty 247 If you want nothing but Tennessee news, you can get that at twitter.com slash twenty 247 You can also go to facebook.com slash twenty 247 and get all kinds of good stuff on there. Round the clock, we we update that thing all the time. Uh, also, if you want the best, I mean, just the East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just the Smoky Mountain goodness, right from right from the tap, get that at goballs 247com The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get Tennessee football news. Football recruiting news, basketball news, basketball recruiting news, baseball news, women's sports news, Lady Vols news from Maria Cornelius, who does a great job covering the Lady Vols for us. The award-winning book authoring Maria Cornelius, I should say. Uh, we got a couple of good, 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 really good forums on those uh, on those sites that go balls twenty four seven. We've got the Checkerboard, uh, which is to discuss men's sports and general interest stuff, and then we've got the appropriately named Summit. Uh, which is where you can discuss women's sports, and they also have a community where they discuss off-topic things there. So there's all kinds of good stuff on the site, and for less than the price of one Mediocre Lunch per month, you can get that. Pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. I mean, in this day and age, nothing's cheap. That's a pretty good deal. And if you pay us full price for a membership, which is still, again, less than one Mediocre Lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. Uh, that is the $100 Rolls-Royce package of that. That's a $100 annual value for free that we will give you no questions asked. Pretty good deal, right? That's everything in the CBS catalog, every show ever made, commercial-free, new movies in and out every month, live sports. You got Tennessee football, SEC football, NFL football, uh, college basketball, the NCAA tournament, March Madness is on there. Uh, you got World Series of Poker stuff on there. Uh, you got UEFA Champions League stuff on there, which is awesome. You got UEFA Europa League stuff on there, which is awesome. And you get all of that. That is a, such a great deal uh, that we we will give you $100, $100 value in your pocket every year. No questions asked. Pretty good deal. Uh, please, guys, before I step out of here, please do rate and review this podcast take a couple seconds out of your day wherever you can cast a find pod you can find this podcast apple podcast spotify iheart tune stitcher everywhere you can get this podcast please download it please take a second to rate and review it that would help us a lot if nothing else you should hear from us i would say saturday night but let's be honest that's going to be early 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 sunday morning because that's a late football game so until then guys be safe and uh, remember, after this election, let's just be kind to each other. Let's just be kind to each other. Please, we got to get to a better place there. See y'all.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.